Hi and good afternoon and welcome to the latest edition of Lunchtime Learnings. Get my teeth in today on a Friday. Delighted to be joined by my next <laughs> guest, great guest, Hine Joshe, who is based in Coventry, Warwick, Leamington Spa, the Midlands, um, trying to take over the whole of the UK um, to have the best agency. No, he's not. Um, but going to discuss Hine's journey um, from going from an agent to a principal today. So Hine, thanks very much for joining me. Incredibly yeah, grateful um, for your time. So, um, yeah. so thank you. We were having a right laugh about one of my guests offline, <laughs> who um, we were talking about, who I managed to think wasn't was, wasn't alive, um, but he did a, a magical appearance on, um, <laughs> on on Monday and came back from the dead. So Peter Tobin, um, you were exceptional. So thank you. Hi Andy Overman, thanks for joining us. So please like it, share it, give him a loads of love. Look at that lovely smile. <laughs> um, hi Mincy, thank you. Nice to see you. Um, so, Hine, thanks very much for being a guest today. Really great. Yeah, no. thank, for, thank you for your time. So, how did you get into agency in the first place? What's your story? Well, I I sort of fell into it, if I'm honest. Um, the I'd gone through, I was playing uh, professional cricket and coaching at the time. And um, I was at uni and I'd gone through really bad uh, sort of depression at that time. And um, there was a couple of things that happened which sort of got me out of it. Um, and I had a choice. I was either going to become a sort of professional full-time coach. Um, but then I saw an advert um, in the local newspaper or something like that, I think it was, um, for a trainee estate agent. Um, and uh, that was with Halifax estate agents. So, um, yeah, my journey started from there, really. My family were sort of into property in the background of that anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, properly, it started with, with Halifax estate agents. Okay. Well, I'm interested in being a professional cricketer, seeing as that's my favourite sport. <laughs> that's, a proper, that's a proper sport um, rather than football. Hey, Andy Overman. Um what did you take? What did you take away? I mean, you know, bringing your professional skills into agency. Um, what, what yeah, so I, I think in terms of the background, I think I was, you know, I was trying to, um, like, I was when we spoke about this um, last week, you know, trying to sort of gather my thoughts. Really, I think that there were sort of four main influences that's influenced, you know, throughout my, you know, uh, agency. Um, sort of career really and that was firstly a uh, family um and you know we're just a humble family we're hindus but i'd say that we were more spiritual rather than religious um you know and th there's lots of lessons really um in in uh, in my upbringing that i i sort of have applied to agency um the second thing was cricket in itself and anyone who's played um or has been around you know, a, a pretty high level uh, team sport, whether it's cricket or football or rugby, will have lots of um, um, experiences or, or stories or lessons that they could have taken from that um, into uh, into 
estate agency especially you know how i started with the stage which was it was about the team and the branch um i know it's moving more towards the individual now but there, there was some a lot of lessons in that um you know how we um how you're first taught and then you're coached and then eventually you're mentored um and you know how I know you know there's a lot of talk about being leaders and, and leadership but really being that role model within that that team environment so there's loads of lessons you know whether you play cricket football or, or rugby or any any team sport that you can you can take um the other was uh music actually interestingly enough um and when i was you know one of the books that i'd read uh by malcolm gladwell in the 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 ten thousand hours that you spend you know i, I learned a lot about myself to know that look if if i if i want to be good at anything i need to be able to spend that that ten thousand hours learning and developing but i learned about myself that i needed to really be passionate about what i do i wasn't one of those hard grafters that i would just sort of plow through it even if i wasn't enjoying it um which i'd previously put down to me being lazy but it wasn't that um and then fine and the 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 fourth thing was um uh, studying really in university, I, I was actually got accepted um, to Coventry University's um, automotive design, which was at the time I think it still is like a world world class um, uh, course. And at the time, and I still think it's the same, but all the, the top uh, designers of, of all the major manufacturers have been either to Coventry University to, to, to study there, and then they go on to the Royal College of Art and their uh, uh, Masters in Design course. So I, I um, you know, learning uh, and growing up around um, Edward de Bono and lateral thinking, um, and that's been really interesting and useful in agency, um, you know, and, and as we've, we've had difficult times, um, just thinking out the box and um, yeah, trying to find solutions really. So yeah, I think that those are the four main influences that is that that that's affected my my agency life really. Okay, thank you. So, what made you decide to go from an agent to actually running your own business? It was well. This is my second estate agency business actually. Um, so when i'd first so do, uh, do you want to know about like the first time or this time around well it'd be interesting because there's going to be people here wondering well hold on a second you've been an agent you've yeah. opened an agency yes essentially you went back into being an agent then you yeah. opened the game so yes. what made you start go from an agent to a principal and then what made you actually yeah, well, hopping around yes yeah, so the career what, was absolutely what, what did you learn what did you learn the first time around that you bought into the second time around so i it's a lesson that i've only just learned six months ago about myself actually throughout my whole journey i've just figured it out six months ago and ever since then you know we've been doing these seller boxes and i know you want to know a little bit more about that but what was happening is that when so when i joined halifax estate agents the uh you know uh, from the very start within a couple of years um halifax estates started to franchise off their branches um there was a you know quite a lot of lessons to be learned in that there's interesting stories in that as well um but the way in which um i was um sort of brought up was that though i started at the leamington office i would spend quite a lot of time in their warwick 
uh, Kenilworth, um, uh, well, their ships done on Stour, Solihull, all of that sort of area, just to get uh, you know good uh, depth and breadth of, of knowledge, really. And their training was absolutely outstanding, and I still use a lot of it now with Adam Walker's you know needs needs based selling, um, getting people's hot buttons, having uh, different types of closes. Um, so when they uh, and I can't remember the, 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 the precise ins and outs. I won some sort of national award uh, when I was a valuer stage um, for listing conversions and uh, fees. So when they were franchising off their branches, so it was Halifax, Halifax Bank of Scotland and Bank of Scotland, so HBOS Group, the regional managers really wanted to get back into the, the Lloyds Banking Group. But as a plan B, they were thinking, OK, let's just buy these branches really so i was approached by a couple of regional managers um to go in partnership and and i uh, chose to, to to go with dale who had been my area manager before i really liked him he's a really good guy very sort of tough um uh, but really knew his stuff so um yeah that that's um so i i owned an estate agency or four i was partnering in four estate agencies even before i'd become a manager and the a lot of the managers who I was working for pretty much overnight started to work for me. Um, so that was interesting in itself, really. Um, and I mean, the, I, I could go on and on in terms of how Halifax then changed. Because that's interesting. You know, there's some people that I know are watching that have most probably gone from um, having to um, Sam Hunter behave yourself so Sam says go in a and um, I think he wants some um, wine as well that's Sam Hunter some booze. Oh. Sam, <laughs> thanks for joining us hope the baby and your good lady is very is very well but there's some people actually that are thrown in a position where they have gone from being a manager being a negotiator to being somebody's manager um, yeah how do you earn that respect know how hard it is and what and what did you do um to win them over i think probably the short answer to that is the wrong way i mean having dale there as as you know really the the partner but he was like the, the guy that everyone sort of respected he was um one of the most intimidating people that i've ever met in my life and and when we transferred over from halifax to our own business some of the managers um left because they knew that um yeah that you know dale wasn't going to give them an easy easy ride really um so it, it was just one of them that they that frankly that they, they had to get on with it and um you know my, my my role within that partnership was that um out of the four branches i started off at leamington because that was um you know the business was really on its knees um there was a year in between assigning the agreement to say yes we would take these franchises to actually completing so in that whole year Halifax just weren't spending any money at all on any well any marketing any any business generation not that they did a lot anyway because they traded off their brand um so I was so focused on sort of turning around the the Leamington branch and to be fair you know those managers that we had um in Kenilworth and, and Warwick and uh, Hall Green and Solihull, they, they, were, they were okay at the time. And Dale would spend his time, you know, whipping 
uh, those branches uh, into shape really so you know it wasn't as if they were working for me directly um but there, there were occasions I remember specifically you know we went on a, a training course somewhere and we had a particular manager who didn't quite like that he worked for me really um and he was sort of playing up a bit so you just have to um, sort of well just talk to him straight really um I, I yeah you don't you just don't overthink it you've got to deal with it and 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 that that's the way that it is really okay so how did you turn that office around then in that, in that it, version what what did you do to bring the business in well the you know it, turning around anyone who's who's tried to turn around a business which has got a bad reputation is a lot more difficult than um uh trying to cold start a business from new and leamington is a sort of place where you know word of mouth really does get around really really um sort of quickly um but it was um it's difficult for me to answer and you know when when i've been going to interviews you know before we set up this company or when whenever i've been into it it's really difficult to answer that question because one of the things that i learned again from that sort of sporting background is that um i'm a player and you've got to ask a coach how to get the best out of a player you don't ask the player why they're that you know why they've been successful because they would just say well i just do what i do so it's difficult for me to sort of um say but i the adam walker training needs based selling understanding hot buttons um that base the, the basics of, of of training having empathy um not trying to oversell um all of those things together and then obviously one conversation is going to be very different to another depending on their circumstances and their personality type as well um but it was it was all it's always about just bringing up your stock levels um you know um maximizing your fee as much as you can making sure that you're selling at a high conversion rate and acting in a way and selling them in a way that those sellers will give you a testimonial um and interestingly enough i think um one of the the trainers that i was learning from uh, when when i was going doing my own sort of self-development really was uh, dr tony alessandra and I, he was on one of the the, the webinars recently and he talks about uh, creating raving fans um, and, uh, you know, that those those sellers who, um, you know, are giving you testimonials, you know, it's okay to say, yes, they would recommend you, but do they recommend you? So just, you know, asking, you know, who they know, um, who are selling and getting them to actually drum up some business for you, that, that always helps. You know what, that's a really interesting point. I was just out buying Mrs. Brown some oranges this morning and I had a call and I was speaking to this lady and, and she asked right. me what I did. So I had this whole conversation about um, what I was doing and you know that I'm bringing this uh, Australian guy over in, in January right. to, for five for five, um, five hours sessions. And, and she just said to her, I hate estate agents. My husband hates estate agents. So I said, okay, that's great. So this is going to start and had a conversation with her. She never heard from her estate agent for eight and a half years since she bought the property, which is scary. Um, and whatever I said to her, I wasn't going to win at all. Okay. Yeah. And then I started talking about trust and likability and whatever. 
yeah. and she said yeah i understand all of that so then i said to her look presumably you've got friends and she said yes so i said well do you think your friends are curious to know what's going on in the property market do you know any of your friends that may be thinking of selling in 2021 and do you know any of your friends that failed to sell in the last two years and she said yes on all accounts so i said well look would you feel comfortable giving me their name and number and then we obviously called them first and she said yes yeah um, and you're right you know so i got the names of three people who were thinking of selling or have failed to sell just by asking the question and it cost me absolutely nothing yeah i think you know one of the i, I was racking my brain because um for, uh, for all you guys who are watching, Stephen really helped me out a lot when I when I first set up by uh, sending me a few documents with the Australian model. So I've been sort of trying to wrap my brain in terms of giving um, Stephen your viewers some um, sort of tips really and, and what we've been doing. So one of the things that I haven't uh, done, so it's one of them do as I say, not as I do type of <laughs> scenarios, but um, I've sort of half done it. So when we get a video testimonial from a seller, Obviously, we're posting it on our social media and we're tagging them, the owners in as long as they, they agree to it. So all their friends get to see it. But it's um, easier more now than ever to, to, to send over that video to the, the sellers via WeTransfer, whatever else. Just give them like a, a personalized discount code, you know, their surname with the first line of address or something so that, that they can post it on their social media to say, look, if you're you know, thinking about selling, just use this code, you know, call Hina, use this code and, and he'll he'll look after you type of thing. Um, and you can and, you know, a lot of people now on these um, community groups on Facebook and whatever else, um, you know, you, you only need two or three people to start posting things like that in those community groups. So it's easier now more than ever to, to get amongst the amongst the community. Um, unfortunately, our business model is different that we're not looking to take on properties in a specific area. So we I don't do that. Um, but it, it's a really easy win, really, and, and how you can really leverage your business uh, quite quickly and doing it the right way. Brilliant. Well, look, I think you are so incredibly humble with what you say. Um, and I'm just really interested because you know, you said that you had the best listing, the best conversion and best fees. So um, what were you doing in your process um, at the Halifax, wherever you were, to get the best conversion rates and the best fees? The, so we've talked about, me and you have talked about, um, you know, setting up a, a training and development um, program when I've set up or when I was setting up a, a sales department for another company. Um, so, you know, the, the simple answer to that is that everything that you have sort of teaching your your viewers really is they just really need to adhere to that. So, you know, at the valuation, understanding motivation, ability needs, timescales, um, getting their hot buttons, you know, what the three things that you're looking for from your estate agent, apart from getting you the most amount of money possible in the shortest amount of time. Um, making sure that you do a pre-call um, to verify, and that's your, you can use qualifying statements, and that's this, the, your pre-call is the start of your your close, um, where you're saying, look, I'm, I'm bringing everything with me, you know, if you're happy with everything, do you want me to bring my camera along, or, you know, whatever excuse, just to, to get them to say, yes, they are, they are happy if, if uh, uh, to sign up 
if if uh, if they're happy um and then you just end up saying well just do me a favor and just have your ids with you um because i'll need that to get things started and, and once they're in that frame of mind even before you've stepped foot through that door they're already already sort of thinking well the, the guy's going to come along he's going to give us evaluation and we're going to sign up with him so then at the valuation you know you're doing your intro sort of meeting before you you have your tour around and you're again qualifying statement look we're going to go through the price you know if you're not happy with anything we can go through it and and if you are, uh, are happy are you still happy for me to go ahead um and they'll say yeah yeah and you know you just say well have you got ids ready and they'll say yeah yeah so once they're in that frame of mind it's um uh, it's it's pretty simple after that um and and then once you've got that out of the way you don't have to worry too much about you know, you're still going to close using, um, you know, a Phoebe method or, you know, whether you use the golden circle or whatever technique that you're going to use. Um, but, you know, getting those sellers in the right frame of mind. And and I think, you know, um, a stage generally is just about um, managing relationships. So whether you're talking to a seller or a landlord, bar or tenant, it's all about managing that relationship. Um, so, yeah, when, when you sort of break it down like that, it can become quite quite simple really okay brilliant somebody's just asked what's the golden technique so the golden circle um what is uh, by simon cynic so if you have a look on um youtube um and just type in go golden circle it's about an 18 minute long video um and it talks um about how the the human brain works when they're making a decision and people buy into more about your uh, why uh, you do what you do um, and then sort of how you do it and then what you're going to do to deliver that so for instance if you're using that on a presentation or on your sort of about us on your website or anything like that uh, you'd say you know i believe in well we we say uh, we i believe in working with pride integrity and dedication the way in which we do this is that we, you know, do X, Y, Z, when we do uh, with personal estate agent and we can you know, offer you bespoke marketing or whatever else you, you might be doing. Um, and then how we do this is that, you know, we meet face to face, understand exactly what you're looking for and provide you with market leading solutions. So um, that's, you know, the, uh, the simplified way of, of the golden circle. But actually in that video, um, it and I forget, Stephen, you'll, you'll know better than I do. There's a, there's a graph in that that um simon cynic talks about can you remember what that graph is no. called no. so it's a way to penetrate the market so what was happening as estate agents before and across all industries simon Sinek find out was that once uh, people thought that if they got sort of 10 percent of their market share they were an established company they were really really happy um, and when ebay and amazon and all these likes came along and they started to get 60 70 percent of market share people thought, well, hang on a second, we're just scraping the surface here. So what Simon Sinek talks about is that if you were to take any um, uh, of your audience, 100% uh, of your audience, the, the main uh, people who would uh, take up your services are 66%, and they are the early majority and the late majority. Um, but to get to that 66%, you have to go through the early adopters. So um, I won't sort of repeat what Simon Sinek says, but really what you've got to do is if you want to, if you're a new estate agency or um, you're trying to turn around a branch, don't be scared to say, look, I'm new, I'm different. This is what we're going to be doing. Would you 
you know, be interested in taking up our services, knowing that majority of people will turn you down because they they uh, trust established brands. But you have to go through that bit of heartache until you get around 20% of market share. And once you get market share, then you become the norm. And that's how you enter into the main market and you can take big market share. And I understand that was similar um, to what Purple Bricks tried to do when they tried to enter a state agency, uh, which is to start off being new and, you know, um, very different until they got to a certain uh, percentage of market share where they started to become the norm. And then they would start penetrating into the um, uh, to, to, the, to, the, to the main markets, really. Um, so, yes, yeah, a really good, uh, good video by Simon Sinek. Okay, well, I've just posted um, in the comments um, his TED talk talking about that as well. It's about 18 minutes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so we will all have a look and and learn from it. You talked about um, seller boxes as well. Yeah, so one of the things which I um, um, came to the realisation about, which um, and it was only about six months ago, is that I... What I do must be a reflection of who I am. And what was happening um, was when I was working for other companies and I couldn't quite understand it, I would get this gut feeling to say something wasn't quite right. And actually looking back, what was happening is that my beliefs were um, uh, contradictory to the role that I was undertaking. Um, and um, when I first set up, you know, even this company, which will be coming up to about two years in, in January, I had to make a decision as was I going to be a company who was going to take on self-employed agents, in which case I needed to make some decisions about how we operated um, and how we assisted those agents. Or was I going to be a personal agent, you know, similar to, to Stephen, what you um, that that document that you gave me with that Australian model. Um, and I, I think that See, if, if, for me, if I was looking for a role again, it's not about employed versus self-employed. It's really like three choices of, of really companies and where those leads come from. So I, I could either uh, be employed or self-employed with a, a brand who had a really strong brand so whether that was Savills or Purple Bricks where the brand was the reason why most of the leads came in um, in which case you know I could pretty much do a similar role to what I was doing back with Halifax as a valuer you know I'm just going out to see you know 10-15 valuations every week and it's my job to convert them I don't have as much um, control over my overall earnings but if I chose the right company um, then I could um, have job security or then you've got like the second type of business where it's sort of 50 50. so i know around the midlands uh andrew grant has started to do a similar thing and yeah. Hart I think are starting to do a similar thing where yes those leads will come because of that brand but also the agents are encouraged to do their own social media be market you know uh, uh understand their local market so the leads come sort of 50 50 really um or are you like a, a powered by model or even a, a license or a franchise where the, the costs are, are really low, but it's really down to the individual agent to go out and, you know, to, to get that business, in which case you would earn more of your fees 
but you've just got to make sure that you understand your cost per acquisition and keep a handle of your fixed costs, really. So I was sort of in the middle of thinking, well, what sort of company are we going to be? And I had this thing where um, about a year or so, just by chance, um, I uh, agreed to take on a couple of self-employed agents. Uh, and it worked out in some ways and, and it didn't quite work out in other ways. Um, and when I came to this realization that actually what I do has to be a reflection of, of who I am, I just thought, no, do you know what, just been this, I'm just going to be a personal agent. Um, and in that, I had to make a few decisions um, and I suppose a few, a few rules that I had to become comfortable about. Um, and, you know, one of those things was that going back to my, you know, uh, car design days was uh, one of the lessons that we'd learned when I was um, uh, doing some work experience with Jaguar at the time, actually. And they said that BMW had spent more on the design of their key than Jaguar had spent on the whole of their design for the next five years. And this was because the German manufacturers knew that, you know, what attaches the person with the brand is tactile it's the key it's the steering wheel it's everything so you you, you you feel and touch and i suppose the difficulty that uh, i've had and, and anyone has really when they were setting up with their own brand from scratch is that uh, they don't know who you, who you are really um so by having these sellers boxes um you know they're feeling quality they're opening it up they're reading some quality material. They've got a USB stick in there where if they put it in, they've got a video of other testimonials. And, you know, we, we had to decide, I had to decide what does that brand actually mean? And what I wanted to, for that brand to mean is that, that people have the assurance. So, you know, if in fashion, for example, you wouldn't go into, um, I don't know, Louis Vuitton or something and ask whether, you know, are their bags fashionable? or you wouldn't ask Nike if your feet would hurt if you wore their shoes for running, it's a given. So those seller boxes and, and the brand really, what I wanna do is make sure that it's reassuring to people. Um, um, and, and it seems to have worked actually. We, we Though we've had a couple of lockdowns, um, the, the seller's box was only really meant um, for me to uh, give to someone on valuation. But I thought, well, let me try doing a bit of business generation with it. And um, just before lockdown, I spent a day um, door knocking um, nine houses because the types of property are targeted in a wide area. And as much as what I try and you know work out from pictures which are, are, are empty and, and which ones are vacant, four of out of the, the nine, four were still um, uh, vacant. And then out of the five, um, one of them had sold. Two of them listed with me within two weeks. And two of them asked me to go back two weeks later. Um, one of them subsequently sold with their current agent, but I've got one more to go back to. So the fee income from that will be around 20, 15 to 20 grand. Um, and the cost of, of box is about £8.50 or something like that. So, um, yeah, return on investment is, you know, um, I've, I've got some goals in, in 2021. Uh, and now that I've decided that this is the type of business that I want, return on investment is going to be a big thing for us. Okay. So what made you decide to go down that seller box route? When I'd worked at, when I, well, when I was working at short with Sean, with, uh, with fine and country, the sales guys were, you know, using their refined magazine. 
um, as a as a as a way to start a conversation. And I, I always thought that, that was a really good idea. So I suppose the challenge for me was that you know if I'm up against these big brands like you know one of them came out on the market from uh, Savills actually. Um, so if I'm up against these these big brands of of Savills and whatever else, then what what can you know what reassurance do I need to give that they would instruct you know just me um, rather than this big brand? Um, so I, I just thought yeah just let's just give it a go with a, you know a bit of quality. Um, and um it just made sense i mean i would be doing content marketing for obviously a little little while so we've got stuff which i could have which i could adapt and use um and i've got a graphic designer anyway so i just thought you know let's just give it a go and and, and try it and it was just one of those things for you know every like 100 things that we try sometimes one or two of them come off and, and that was just one of those things that that came off for us really okay so when you decided to set up again um yeah how did you decide what market that you wanted to get in and what research did you do because there's people watching this that are either just well that was a, yeah so that was the problem really first of all i didn't want to get back um to set up my own estate agency i just became unemployable um you know if i was to tell you the companies that I, i'd sort of been with um, and even up with up until sort of Sean and 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 Finding Country, which I really really enjoyed. I really really enjoyed working there, but I sort of just felt with Newman's and, and Finding Country, I just outgrown the role really. Um, and the problem that I'd had is that because I enjoyed doing both sales and lettings, and because I'd been grown up, or you know the business that we had, we didn't have lots of money, so we was always trying to find an angle or an entrepreneurial route to which to to grow the business um it was really hard for me to to get a, an an employed role because sort of a, a lettings manager or just the sales manager was frankly boring um and i uh, and you know when you start getting into area manager and the regional manager positions that i'd sort of start to get into it it it, it takes you a little bit away from uh, from what i'd really sort of enjoyed really interestingly enough um I'd uh, read a uh, well. I listened to, I should say, a book by um, the four-star American general uh, Colin Powell. If you remember, yeah. he had a short stint, and in the audio book, he's uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but it, it was along the lines to say, look, it's okay to know whether you were built to be a general or you were built to be presidential, um, and it was just something that really stuck in my mind. I wasn't quite sure at the time how that would fit into agency, but it was one of them that, you know, I'm I'm I, I'm a boots on the ground type of person. I'm not a, um, yeah, that that sort of coach that I was talking to you before about, um, you know, do, doing what I need to do through other people. Um, I don't have the patience. I'm just not built that way, really. Uh, which probably answers one the the early question that you had was. You know, how did I get those managers to, to come away to, around to my type of thinking, really? And the answer to that is it, it's not really a conversation. I, I was their boss, whether they like it or not, and they need to to get a profit. Um, I'm happy to, you know, for, for them to, to to run the branch and go with their ideas. Um, but I wasn't going to resign my directorship just because they didn't like it. So you have to get on with it. OK, so starting a new business challenging okay where would you go to find your vendors find your landlords what have you done, what have you done? how have you got your name out there 
well I, i've just realized i didn't answer your other question properly really so um <laughs> you know what when i for your viewers if you're if you're looking to set up an estate agency and you're doing this sensible thing which is to to pick an area that you want to operate in um you know the if you're looking at, at sales you know your best way of, of generating that business is to um uh use content marketing which i'm happy to talk about and using facebook either uh, and and there are four levels of content marketing which you need to have um which i've learned the hard way um but yeah once you've got that content marketing and those four different levels of content marketing as long as you're finding them and putting them through and then you're siphoning them down you, you're going to generate sales leads um and for landlords uh you know getting landlord leads is really really easy um with downloadable guides and really just doing a, a seminar or even a webinar these days you know we've i did one for the council recently and um well we, we're doing a series of of these uh, webinars and seminars and, and you know within a couple of years we've got i think two or three thousand landlords details really um so you can and how did you go and approach the council then did you just have a conversation simple as that well it wasn't see it's it's i just got a call out the blue to say look we, we we you know we've heard of you um you seem to know what you're talking about will you go and meet you know the um the the Coventry and warwickshire local enterprise partnership um because they're looking for a board member and i didn't know who they were i said yeah that's fine i'll go and i, I knew them from a, a cricket club so i said yeah i i'll go and uh, uh meet them i knew the introducer sorry from the cricket club um and um they're asking me all these questions you know would um about you know being on the board and i i turned around to them and said look i'm really not the right person for this job or this role that you want and they said yeah you're right you're not <laughs> but we need help on um on the the housing and planning board would you would you mind helping out you know and and uh, uh with them i said yeah it's fine i can help i'm, I'm happy to um and then being on the housing and planning board you know you, you you're sort of around um the, the around here all the, the sort of councillors and um then the the ceo of the planet the of the the lep asked me to go and meet him and introduce me to the coventry council sort of property team and they said look these guys we want to engage more with landlords you know how do we do it um, and I said, look, this is what, we, this is what I do to, 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 to do it. Um, if you want, I can do it for you guys as well. And they said, yeah, that's fine. Um, and that was it really. So it was just the case of, um, where, yeah, whatever I needed to, to um, from them to get them, you know, landlords to their seminars, they were happy to, for me to do. Um, so we started to, to do these webinars a couple of years ago. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's sort of become the norm really, and people start to expect the webinars. I, I should do more of them, um, because you know that I, I I only want a really small business. You know, the difficulty is how much time do I spend, you know, for for the council and getting thousands of leads, which really I'm I'm not really interested in converting them into into business from for myself really. So it's a bit of a balancing act. Fair enough. So I've just got another question coming. You mentioned um, four levels of content. Mark, yes. Are you happy to share what those four levels yeah, are? Yeah, yeah, I've written it down actually. So um, 
the the first type and luke sinclair and ian in cheshire they do some really good content uh, michelle and it's some of the stuff which uh, chris watkin talks about in terms of the community stuff so if you use uh, gary vaynerchuk's uh, you know give four times and take a fifth time as a template so if you went out and did a whole load of community stuff what's going on in the local community and you sort of gave four times and at the end the call to action is if you want to know what's ha what's happening to property prices in this area you know click the link um so that that's your first level of of of, uh, of, of content you know community stuff non uh, property related um and then once they for those people then click in to want to know more about you know what, what's going on so your second level is then you know area guides and you know market update videos and then the call to action to that is to say, if you're thinking about selling or renting or buying or renting or letting your home in this area, then click here. Uh, so that would then take them to the third level of, of content. And that's where it gets a little bit complicated because then, you know, you've got specific stuff for sellers, landlords, buyers and, and tenants. And that, then you give in like relevant tips and that might be, you know, how to achieve the best price possible for sellers or how to, um, you know, stage your home for viewings or um, I did a, a change of address checklist. So you can do that. And then, you know, at that point, the call to action needs to really be, you know, call us to register your details, you know, if you're thinking about buying or selling or whatever. And then once they're into your actual database or your CRM, whatever it is, then, you know, the fourth level of, of and the final uh, bit at the bottom is where you're giving them testimonials of other um clients uh, that you've helped out for specific topics you know what should you do if you're having a price reduction so those quite uh, specific things so at the moment it seems if you need to have sort of four levels of uh, of content uh, to 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 one capture enough people at the top end um but also make sure you're uh, siphoning them down that you're not just email shotting thousands of people every week and you're not getting any tangible business from it Fantastic. Thank you. I'm very conscious of time. So thank you for giving it up. Um, just one couple of final questions, if that's okay with you. Yeah. It's a lot about self-development and training. And you mentioned Mike, Malcolm Gladwell, you mentioned Simon Sinek. Um, yeah. Who else have you come across books wise, podcasts, learnings that can help people who are watching or listening to this, please? Um, So one of the uh, really good, I'm trying to find it on my phone now, you know. So I have to do it as audio books because I can't, yeah, I'm not a good reader. Um, so let me, um, it was, let me have a look in the library. Sorry. Uh, sorry, because it might be under the personal stuff or it might be under the work stuff. Um, but uh what do you want your customers to become is a really good uh book for entrepreneurs it helps you to think outside the box who do you want your customers to become um who's that by uh that's by michael shrag s h uh, sorry s c h r a g e um and what he did was um to uh, it was a, a book by, when he was at Harvard Business School and they just studied um, what 
um, the big, you know, big uh, corporate companies and why they were so successful. And what they uh, what he found was there was a specific trend where it wasn't about how the company sold to that person. It was more about the company helping that person to to become what they wanted to sort of become, really. So um, he uses Disney in there in that they didn't try and sell their um, costumes. They just saw that loads of girls who went to um, you know Disney World were enchanted by these princesses and they wanted to become princesses themselves so disney just helped them to become uh princesses um and there's sort of really yeah really good stuff uh, out the box thinking not really a state agency type stuff but i think it appealed more to the sort of lateral thinker in me than, than the estate agency side of me uh, any of the stuff by dr tony alessandra is golden i nearly swore then i was i was quite proud of myself Stephen. i've not sworn throughout this whole uh whole web, webinar um so any of the tony uh alessandra stuff um and that really helped with um uh, selling name. sorry uh, dr tony dr tony alessandra okay um and then um loads of his stuff um and who was the other one and then to be honest I, there's so red can't remember now yeah sorry there was a few i'm i'm on one at the moment i can't even remember what it is now but yeah there, there's quite a few stuff um yeah and, and it's not always sales or estate agency sort of related i quite enjoy um, actually, there was one on um, uh, leadership, and it was by someone who'd worked in the army, and it was called. Uh, fuck, I can't. I'll, I'll put it in the um, in the comments. I'll find. I'll dig the book out, and I'll put it in the comments. And um, what the uh, what the uh, um, uh, special forces sort of worked on in terms of their skill sets, and that was really useful when I was thinking when I had my my other business and if we were going to take on agents in terms of their coaching and development was um, that they need to have uh, they use the acronym like locked or rocked so uh, the l or the r stands for leadership or role model o for organization c for communication k for knowledge e for experience and d for discipline and um it was a really interesting book and and what we found what, what i felt was that actually become a really good estate agent you needed to have all of those um th those uh, attributes as well and uh, probably discipline is the most important one out of all of those brilliant well, look, if you could share that that would be um, amazing in the comments uh Hine, i'm really grateful for your time thank you for sharing loads and loads of great content great quality um, you're a very humble gentleman, um, and it's been um, inspiring to watch your journey um, and see your successes and how well you've done in the last couple of years. And I look forward to seeing you to continue to grow and your Come further on. successes. So um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you again um, for watching, whether you're watching now, whether you're listening on replay um or on the podcast thank you very much please like it please share it um please tag your colleagues in if you are listening to it as a podcast please would you be kind enough to rate and review it next week i'm going to be joined by james williams who's an australian real estate coach who's going to talk a lot about practice 
I'm joined by um, David Knox, who's an exceptional American coach um, that we saw out of the uh, NAR conference a couple of years ago. I have got David Thomas of Liberty Gate and Angela Barbara Robbins of Robbins Estates in Nottingham. We're going to be mm -hmm. talking about collaboration. And on January the 5th, I've got some gentleman called Josh Fegan um, coming on um, early morning um, to share um, loads of good content. And Josh is one of the best Australian and the world real estate coaches. So looking forward to that. Thanks again. Um, have a great weekend or whenever you're watching it. Have a really good day. Hine, thank you so much for being a great guest. And good afternoon all.